Hi everyone, this is Jake. I sound like shit this episode because I had a gear problem. I'm out of town doing a little writing retreat trying to make stuff for you to consume and I bought a mixer that is, uh, it sucks. It's like an off-brand from some crazy country and it doesn't work. So I had to record this episode like a real, real lame shitty podcast through my keyboard mic sorry about that uh but i think it's really funny so please listen anyway i tried to clean up the audio as much as i could um i wanted to let you guys know that that's why everything came out late we had a little technical difficulty this week but it's all here and uh i also wanted to plug the gofundme for victims of the nudie land shooting in Minneapolis, there was a shooting at a punk show. Uh, Anders wanted me to relay this because it happened in Minneapolis. Um, and it's obviously very fucked up and sad and close to home for us. So uh, please throw some money at those guys if you can help. And yeah, enjoy the show. It's beginning. positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating us citizens as less than human. God damn America as long as she Let's start the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Jake. That's Anders. Anders Lee here. That's Alex. What's up? Flores and Patak, respectively. Um, hello. It's Pod Damn America. It's a gothic socialist podcast for stupid idiots and children. Um, remember all the things we used to say? Do we have children listening to the show? I th- more I, and more every day. More I, and more every day. <laughs> Probably actually uh, more than you would be comfortable knowing. I think that's- I had a there was a DJ I used to listen to as a kid Meow. who once said, uh, "Was that a child in the background?" By the way, it was um, a cat. They're babies. That's okay. my son. There's, there's a DJ I would listen to as a kid who once said, he, he, "There's a, another kid like me who called in, requested a song, and the DJ was like, How old are you?'" And the kid was like, "I'm like ten. And then he was like, "If you're a kid." Don't listen to this goddamn show. This is not for you. And I got so mad, and I tried to call in and, and be like, "Fuck you! I'll I'm listen to what I want to listen to." Yeah, kids' rights. That's right. I bet I that, think that kids rule. That guy's um, like producers probably got mad at him because that's kind of the secret of the entertainment industry is that mm. the only people that have disposable income to buy dumb shit like podcasts and music are children who have allowance from their parents middle class babies that's who they runs go the out economy. they spend all their money on they on their podcast they don't have any bills so this uh this episode we'll be discussing the capitalist control system known as homework that's, that's right. right we are anti and we'll be taking a critical stance of are you saying we should pander to our child uh, audience. I'm saying that. You see, the school is designed in the model of the prison. That's right. I've heard this. They called it homework because they don't want you to moan work. Because <laughs> you could be having sex instead. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we want to. They call it homework because they don't want you to be having home play. Yeah, actually, to kids. That's weird. <laughs> weird move, Alex. <laughs> Well, that's it's, what they want. It's what they want to hear. Listen, I'm like NWA, it. pretty much. <laughs> take it from us, pretty <laughs> much. They're trying to stop you from having sex and trying to stop you getting that fuck on. Well, not you know, with an adult, which is a crime, but with other children, which is just morally dubious. Foucault, who said that uh, the, the school is like a prison, also was he was very horny. So this is all it's all tracks. Do I make you horny, baby? Foucault. Mm-hmm. 
he's basically this uh, Austin Powers is based on Michel Foucault. Hell is to behave. I I am looking at the Zoom call right now. I can see Anders. He said really, and I think he's looking that up. (laughs) 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 I it's not true. What happens? We'll see what happens. They did not base Austin Powers on Michel Foucault. It's a prison, baby. Behave. What happened? Behave. Oh, how is other, other people in Sartre? So that's that's my bad. Discipline and punish. Behave. These actually this kind of tracks. Oh, that's he's what, got the little cattle cattle prod thing. That's why he's riding that. crop. Uh-huh. Don't you know there's it's very actual riding crop. Very little overlap between Michel Foucault and Austin Powers in Google search terms. Would, would really okay? Well, yeah. we'll be the first. I'm going to put them both in the search engine information for this episode, and that way will be the only thing that comes up when you Google that, and then we'll make a million dollars. Make sure to hashtag Austin Foucault. <laughs> the spy who... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know a goddamn thing he did. <laughs> um. Well, hey, listen, everyone out there in uh, podcast land. Stay youth, uh, stay youthful. Keep your keep keep mindful of your skin and your organs and your health because we're about to have to be competing with billionaires out there on these dating apps because they all they're all after the damn fountain of youth. I don't know if you heard about this. Oh, what have you seen? This guy, this like I've very, seen pictures. This very taut, pale guy who uh there's a there's a like a billionaire who he keeps posting pictures of himself and bragging about how he's discovered like a lifestyle plan for like reverse aging and he's in his 50s and he's like but I look like I'm 35 and the thing is he does it I don't know if no one's told no. him he the just, vampire man I'm familiar with this gentleman he looks like a 50 year old who's pulled his skin back very tight and he's holding his breath a lot yeah it's uh, like um you know how you can like use a stone to evolve Pokemon in a way that they would not naturally evolve? He's like done that, but by replacing his blood with his teenage son's blood. Billionaire tech tycoon discovers Moonstone Ozempic ritual <laughs> for turning himself into some sort of Eevee variation. Um, it does look like he'll be alive for a long time, but in a dark, unholy way, I guess. It doesn't look good. It almost, honestly, it kind of shook me out of a little bit of a funk I was having about my own aging, you know, because I've been like thinking so much about how oh, middle aged now I'm 36. But uh, I think it's fine. I don't think it's very graceful at all to be like a guy like this who's like um, trying to, to to use money and stocks and stuff to turn back the said the, the the sands of time. You know, you should just. His life sounds like hell too. He's on like a very strict diet and schedule for sleep and all this stuff and exercise. Well, you know what he looks like. What to me, he looks like. You ever see that movie Hunger about the hunger strike that those uh, Sinn Fein (laughs) IRA guys go on? I almost said yes because there's a vampire movie called Hunger, but (laughs) no, might as well be very similar story. (laughs) No, Um, let me read you some. Some stuff about him from a very informative article from our friends down at the New York Post, our favorite source for news. Youth-obsessed tech tycoon Brian Johnson touts, quote, penis rejuvenation therapy. This is what he's into this week. Brian Johnson, the 45-year-old tech bro known for his obsessive anti-aging regimen, revealed this week that he has started penis rejuvenation therapy as part of a $2 million per year effort to reverse his biological clock. Now, Jake, I have to stop you there. Does your penis get worse? I did. Like, the first thing I thought was like, wait a minute. Like, I think kind of, it's like kind of one of your only bo- body parts that just stays the same. It's old kind of from the get. It's full of. It's rings. a big flap of flesh that <laughs> fills up with blood. Like, I don't know what aging it's doing. <laughs> and like what woman is like, Ew, that penis looks old. Like, it, you know, you're thinking. No, yeah, I think the wear and tear of it. Although I bet, like, with the things he's into as a middle-aged man, his youth was debauched. 
<laughs> also, he's hmm. a fucking billionaire. Um, I, you know what? Let's let's read a little further because I think it's not entirely aesthetic. It's a lot of it is about him not being able to get boaters. Johnson, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who ref- Johnson is his name, by the way. That's fun. Who refers wow. to his elaborate biohacking campaign as quote Project Blueprint? <laughs> said he will be receiving quote focused shockwave therapy three times per week to see if he notices improvements in his love life. The total of six treatments will cost one to two thousand dollars. He said that's actually not that bad. It sounds like he bought oh, that's a, car. a steal. It sounds like he bought a car battery and he's hooking it up to his penis. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, I'm shooting my shot now. This it's Coke Dick. This is a CEO who is uh trying to turn back time. He did too much cocaine, he has permanent Coke Dick. That's probably it. He needs to shock himself with the car battery to undo Coke Dick. That, 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 that's, that makes sense in terms of him like leading with the dick part so that we don't think about the coke part because right. that's like maybe the only thing more embarrassing than this. I don't know. Yeah, the, the only thing it's also to distract us from remembering he's sucking his son's blood out of his body. <laughs> we'll get to that, man. Oh, it's so good. Evidence, quote, multiple randomized controlled trials show show that shockwave therapy improves erectile dysfunction johnson said on x formerly known as twitter we are testing whether it improves total time nighttime erections subjective sexual performance sexual satisfaction and medical imaging based penile markers he added in another post days earlier, Johnson detailed the, quote, baseline measurements and, quote, goals of his penis rejuvenation plan, including his ultimate target of achieving three hours and 30 minutes worth of nighttime erections at night. <laughs> is, a, uh, is a penile marker that's like a Sharpie that's shaped like a penis? I'm assuming so. Most families have a wall in their house where, uh, over time... You lay your penis up against it and measure and leave a mark on the wall to see how well your shock therapy is going and rejuvenating your penis. Yeah, it's like fun with your kids. Oh, look, the oldest one is this far. Oh, look, youngest. It's a parabola. It goes up and then down. (laughs) Young Johnny is (laughs) only a little one. And then you go home when you're you're grown up. You go back to your childhood home and you, you put your dick up next to it. You go, wow, remember when I was only... This short, I'm, my dick is way bigger than it was when I was six. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was some way to go back, because that's what I thought when he said he was getting penis rejuvenation surgery. Is like, does he want a baby <laughs> dick? Like, is that what he's saying? When you behold, when they do gas if, him, do we know if this guy's cut? Is he snipped? Nope. But I feel like at some point he's going to tell us. What are they hiding? Is he going to grow it back is what I'm getting at. Okay. That's also kind of what I thought was happening, but it turns out he's just trying to get nighttime boners, which I guess are like an indicator of your overall boner getting ability. Those go away. If he figures out how to organically regrow a foreskin, that actually is a huge scientific leap, and we have to respect that. Yeah. Like many elements of Johnson's (laughs) anti-aging routine, the penis rejuvenation plan drew a healthy dose of skepticism. From other social media users, with one quipping that, quote, not even a CIA black site torture could get this information out of me. <laughs> he doesn't care, though. Johnson, who made a fortune by selling his payment processing company Braintree Payment Solutions to eBay for $800 million in cash, has achieved viral fame over his quest to restore his organs and bodily functions to those of an 18-year-old. Johnson recently told the, quote, Dairy of a CEO podcast that is it dairy? Is it like a misspelling uh, that he experimented with starting each day with three ounces of wine for breakfast? Eventually, he nixed the bait because it was, quote, too expensive from a calorie perspective. What the fuck? The software developer also said he was, quote, single and admitted that his extreme lifestyle is a bit of a complicating factor when it comes to romance. I can't uh, imagine why no one loves you, you yeah. immortal narcissist. <laughs> You're a, a fucking billionaire, and you can't get someone to fuck you. you, you may I'm be... a public vampire. <laughs> <laughs> no one will fuck me. 
in circumstances where I've tried to date, he said, the first thing I do is give them a list of 10 things like, here's all the things you're going to hate about me, and all the things are going to make me an impossible partner for you. I'm sure that he's like not a good gauge of that either. Um, the tech mogul also raised eyebrows after revealing that he had temporarily enlisted his 17-year-old son, Talmadge, as his personal, quote, blood boy. <laughs> Or plasma treatments. I'm so sorry, Talmadge. <laughs> he stopped. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he stopped because there were, quote, no benefits detected. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I was really? taking my son's blood for no reason. And everyone's <laughs> mad at me. All of the dates this guy goes on, the woman must have in the back of her mind, like, if he bites my neck, I have to leave. I have to <laughs> run away. <laughs> Or does it does it make a difference if it's someone you, someone's related to you's blood? Because I remember, you know, I've known people who are into uh, urine therapy, and whenever they would discuss it with others, you know, people would get almost convinced, like, "Oh, that sounds kind of cool, kind of psychedelic. Maybe I'll try urine therapy. I would only do my own, though. I don't want to do someone else's urine." As if there's like any real difference. You know, I think what he was saying is that there it didn't do anything. So you you right. can put any blood in you you'd like as long as it's the right type. But I think you're just um, being a pervert more than you are a scientist. <laughs> um, here's one thing I'd like in, to interject about this story because I've come across this guy recently in my travels as a YouTube podcaster. Uh, my other show, I've started a YouTube channel, and so I'm on YouTube all the time. This guy is like a content sicko. He's like us. He's got shows going out every week. He has all these clickbait YouTube videos. He has a, a extreme anti-aging diet with Steve Aoki video from three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, He's like doing what we do. I hate him. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't need to is the thing, because this is kind of for money. I enjoy being a content pig, sort of, or a content uh, cow, rather, but... Um, okay, a, a blissful cow. One of those I, cows is happy to have the cheese taken from his, uh, from his full udders every week. But here's the thing, though, is the parts of it I don't like is the sole reason he's in it, which is just for the raw love of content. <laughs> That's the thing with the billionaires and multimillionaires and, and millionaires. You just, you have to wonder, like, well, if they don't need to do this, why and that's much weirder and kind of creepy to think about that there's there's nothing at the end of this if you make a lot of money you just want to you just want to be on getting clicks and likes on youtube i'm on his page right now he just wants to make a video called i ranked six retirees by brain age <laughs> <laughs> leave those retirees alone Leave those retirees alone. He Will says, my son's blood make me younger? That's another video. <laughs> Talmadge, get in here. What a fucking insane name. So I feel so bad for Talmadge. Also, okay, this is the last thing I'll say. He This pissed me off more than anything. He has the How I Fixed My Terrible Posture video, which is one that all these shitheads do. <laughs> and just, it's nothing. You're just making sh shit now. I hate you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've read a little bit about him. It's just him saying, like, weird shit. Like, I fix my posture, and I, I can uh, do, you know, fucking, like, what is that thing where you lift weights with your legs? A sprot, squat, press thing or whatever. He says that he's he's he he can lift in the top percentile among, like, 18-year-olds or something. Who cares? It's probably you are not 18 years old. You are 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, quote, not the correct category. Imagine we lusted after human improvement as we do tech advance, Johnson said alongside the post. Join the revolution. Don't die. Uh, he thinks he's not going to die. As the post reported in February, Johnson's former girlfriend, Taryn Southern, filmed a uh, or filed a lawsuit accusing him of ending their relationship when he learned she was being treated for breast cancer among other allegations oh. well related to terry southern the writer i have no idea cool. just in the side sorry but, but that yeah, is a cool name because that's we, a we can confirm this she was getting too close to dying for his comfort <laughs> he says that you should join the revolution and not die and she got breast cancer that's gonna be a conflict that's violating his boundaries in their relationship we have one rule in this house don't die 
Johnson fired back, accusing Southern of attempting to extort him by, quote, threatening and making outlandish, salacious allegations about him in public forums unless he paid her exorbitant demands. You got a lot of money, dude. Fucking just give Not to mention money. you are wasting it anyway, so you <laughs> might as well help your ex-wife survive breast cancer. So that's if you've been seeing a picture of a mysterious android looking man wearing a kind of a bulletproof vest type thing. It looks like he's wearing like a bus seat sort of fabric. That's him. And that's what his deal is. Now, you know, he's one of the main characters of the Internet this week. Another one I wanted to talk about a little bit is this guy, Oliver Anthony, who um, you may have also seen a picture of a guy in the woods with a big red beard playing a guitar type thing. You know, I, I was just, uh, I was really inspired by Planet of the Bass and uh, <laughs> Kyle Gordon's whole parody song, uh, Journey, and was was trying to ape that, I guess. I did such a good job that people didn't realize it was me and a joke, but uh, kudos hey, to him. Your whale is really coming along, Anders. You're what is a whale. There it is. <laughs> like he does in the song. It's beautiful. Oh, it is. Why Why did you choose the name Oliver Anthony? That's a beautiful name, Anders. Yeah, I want people to possibly think there's something ethnic about me with the name Anthony. That's also that's always weird when you have, like, someone who looks like me who's named Anthony. You know, something weird's going on there. You think they're stealing Italian valor? Yeah. Oh, that's a... I never See, I don't even think anyone's exploring that angle of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's woefully unsung. Okay, uh, this is, maybe this is just my raw ignorance, but watching this video for the first time, first of all, I hate this video. I hate that everyone has shown it to me 500 times. Um, uh, my, my first takeaway from watching, the, he has like a soulful alt-country song where he's wailing about uh, gender queers and stuff. Um, well, my first takeaway was yeah. that like Republicans have discovered brand new style country emo. Yeah, I don't brand know if that's like, like quite this? right, but it, it's very whiny in a way where it fuses the the power of uh, the American South and Long Island in a dangerous new fusion. I don't know if I would say emo or brand new or that brand new is country, but alt country for sure is a thing that is they're slowly sinking their teeth into to try to turn into some sort of new version of like a rebel outlaw country situation. But it's a truly like deranged uh interpretation of the spirit of country music and folk music given that in the past there was there was populist folk music there was country music where people would say stuff like take this job and shove it and i'm gonna kill you with a gun and drive to el paso and you know do cool stuff like that there's willie nelson there's um there's there's like a lot it's 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 sad that if you follow the historical line of country music it somehow turns from that hits a big brick wall around 9-11 turns into mm. neoconservative i'll put a boot in your ass if you're a brown person type shit and then uh now somehow now we have this guy who seems to be aping the soulful mournful uh you know i i am from a fucked up southern state thing but outright attaching it to like reagan politics and stuff like he's bitching about well people on welfare he starts off the lyrics of the song saying that he's like um it's called rich men north of richmond and he's from virginia and he's saying that there are these rich men in the government who are the causing all of this economic <laughs> delay, which is true. But then instead of identifying that as like, it's weird. He says rich men, which is the problem. He seems to imply that the agenda of wealthy elites is to put people on welfare, which is weird. Cause that's the exact yeah. opposite of their thing. And he says that everyone is fat from eating fudge rounds on welfare. Uh, yes, I didn't even know what those were till this song, but I thought he uh, invented them. 
I guess I'm out of touch. Uh, but yeah, I I will confess I didn't think the song on a musical level was that bad. I guess I'm chuggy and have bad taste. But uh, the and the clip that was getting shared uh, was kind of vague. Um, and that but then other people were pointing at the rest of the song, which has the the welfare line and other things. But there's been a debate now, uh, which I find a bit irksome that some are saying that like well this is the problem with the the left is you're you're writing this guy off and he's clearly has you know some he has uh, economic anxiety yeah economic anxiety and with the right guidance he um could be you know with us and a, a socialist and i just think that and in, i don't want to say that's there's no chance of that i don't want, like writing people off but i i think that take does not give him enough credit i think it's kind of patronizing to just assume that he's just this dumb idiot who hasn't thought through any of this stuff instead of somebody who like most people most people who post on social media especially has his own formed and thought out opinions that are hard to convince otherwise like he's you know and this is not that nebulous of a worldview he's from virginia uh and i have definitely noticed there's a certain tendency specifically in the southeast in virginia not only there but uh, this kind of like populist sort of buchananite um anti-elite sentiment that is infused with uh anti-immigrant sentiment and uh you know often Whoa. racism and, and sexism and the um the 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 theory there that they have is it's the rich are using the poor to bring down the middle class and we're in the middle class and they're deflate, you know, this deflationary kind of narrative that uh, these people benefit from inflation and therefore they're uh, weakening our dollar, the working man's dollar. And yeah, I think it just kind of sells people short as, you know, their own, he can be wrong and he's probably just wrong and a reactionary. Okay. Let me cut you off there, right? Because you're right that that's what they're selling. That take was made in a lab. It was been yeah. focus grouped a million times over. This is not the first time it's happened. This is why this is such a weird thing to be like going viral. Because it's like this is, this is the oldest fucking thing in the playbook for the right wing culturally. But the thing is, let me explain to you what Oliver Anthony is. That'll make this make a lot more sense. He is a one... One more in a long tradition of rich dickheads that aren't actually from the place they're saying they're from playing the part of a guy who wears a Carhartt jacket and is sad for political reasons. He's a fucking op. He's they're hiding like, secrets under their wide brimmed hat. He's a J.D. Vance type situation. Um, the, the one thing that is really suspicious about this um, given that he sort of launched himself to success overnight, we're supposed to buy that this is a, a, a modern, um, you know, rags to riches story happening via the internet, right? Um, well, so this clip went viral, right? And like the next day, he became the number one seller on like iTunes and Spotify and all the various internet marketplaces where you sell your breakout album, right? The thing is, if you watch his sales, they uh he had that pop the first like day or two he was uh he was online and in the marketplace and then he crashed, which is what happens when you have a new album and you front load the first day's sales by Either doing what stand-up comedians do, which what a lot of us do, which is go, hey, everyone, do a pre-sale. Buy a pre-sale of my album because it's going to – everything that gets sold as a pre-sale, the six months leading up to your fucking album release, gets registered as a sale on the first day. That's why every fucking comic you and I know at every open mic get technically gets to walk on stage to the introduction of, like, your next comedian has a number one album on iTunes right. because it's – that's you just sell 300 of something. No one buys shit on iTunes. So you just get to be the highest sale that day. And then after a couple of days, for some reason, 
a really dated like um uh I'm starving here by John Panette takes you over because a bunch of truckers bought it or something like that, right? So he seems to have had his uh his sales astroturfed by having a bunch of like the companies that are you know funneling this like agenda like TPUSA and stuff like that just buy empty fucking sales for his thing. It's kind of a smart move, though, because it doesn't matter because once you've already done the self-fulfilling prophecy, once you've already created the the myth that this person is a breakout artist who went to number one because of their Twitter or whatever, that's enough to fuel dumbasses into, like, buying it anyway and continuing to buy it and then creating it into a myth. This guy was astroturfed, though. This didn't just happen. He's fake. Right. Well, he and he uh, is like a property owner right somewhere in virginia i don't know the whole backstory but he's following one person on twitter elon musk if you think that that's like a populist guy who's you know a good old boy and likes to spit in a can and stuff and play his little banjo in the woods you're an idiot he works hard and his dollar isn't shit and he pays taxes and then these people they're 300 pounds and they spend all his money on all of their fudge rounds. <laughs> all of their dang paycheck going to fudge rounds. Um, also, and this is really shitty to say, and like I shouldn't say this, but it is a real sad case of like those in fudge houses should not throw fudge <laughs> stones. Because, yeah. like, I just—I mean, you don't have the body. If you, you don't have the vampire guy body to make a song about fat people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> take another six months to launch again. Yeah, dude, get yourself some penile rejuvenate surgery before you go coming at me with that shit, dude. You look like. Why don't you go talk to your son about his blood for a little bit? Exactly like me. Um. Yeah. Uh. He's he's bullshit, and but I think what he what him and like what these jd vance type figures and like the uh who are the other ones the 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 duck dynasty guys are all like wall street dickheads who just like put on those puffy vests and grew beards and then went to go sell shit to people who they think are idiots is that they serve an interesting function which is that they like uh they he gives license to actual rich dickheads to write off people in the South. And right. like JD Vance kind of pulled the same thing post like, uh, or I guess kind of right during, and then post the Trump, uh, you know, election in 2016, which is that he's, he, he have, at first appears to be a guy from a community selling his own people up the river for political advancement. But then you learn he's not even from that community. He's just posing as that guy. He's kind of like, um, my, our friend Jamie Peck pointed this out to me at once. I thought it was kind of an interesting point. It's kind of like Lena Dunham, the way that she's like uh, sells out millennials to old people by creating a show where they're dumbasses and they eat too much avocado toast. The people right, that already hate wealthy. you love that. Yeah. yeah. And they're that are to advantage. So it, it's like, uh, you know, this all kind of reminds me of like 90s, like um, welfare queen culture war shit that would happen during like you know, the Clinton administration and stuff like that. The, the, the clever thing that you can do where you, you swoop into a situation, pose as someone being from that neighborhood and say, I think everyone here is, uh, is exactly what you think they are with all of your resentment. You know, there, if you think that their the society is fucked up because these people are on the dole or whatever, let me, a person who's from here, tell you that it's true is very like, it's I, it works, but it's like been done a million times. I'm say, I don't know how people don't see this shit for what it is. The maddening part about the welfare queen uh, revival thing is it's been forty years since that was a culture war because we do not have a uh, 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 safety net in this country for that there to be a myth about. <laughs> like, <there laughs> no one is buying any fudge rounds with anything. I guess the only person I've ever met in my real life who like bought Oreos with their food stamps in a way that you could write a song about was uh, this guy I knew uh, who ran an open mic and tried to lure you in to doing it with free Oreos. 
And he, (laughs) (laughs) he was very upfront about how they were his food stamp Oreos and you could have some if he did the open mic. And I don't think that's that's like a a social problem. Well, well, he's doing the American dream. He's doing what you're supposed to do. He's doing entrepreneurialism with the food stamps. Not that this was ever true. I mean, obviously, but like (laughs) now it's not even like the farce of being true. That's also like what Thanksgiving kind of is, is food stamps, you know? sharing food with your friends that you got for free. Mm. That's um, true. You didn't earn that. But like Thanks, you, Thanksgiving you is communism. In poor parts of the country, like, you know, you literally you don't have a lot of money when you live in these places. So like hearing that somebody gets 400 bucks a month on like EBT fucking snap benefits or whatever is like it. It's uh, it does seem proportionally because you have no fucking money like a thing that would piss you off because you're like, well, why don't I have that or whatever? But the thing is, you probably can fucking apply for it too if you're that poor. Um, and I it, I think it's just important to understand how little of an amount of money that is in the grand scheme of things when you like read about the fucking military budget and stuff. And, and budget, going, budget or even just the blood budget going to like our software designers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How much cash is that guy blowing on his like, oh, I tried to reinvent my penis with some science I heard about on the podcast every month. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. But I mean, I have friends from the South who would say things like throw fr- they throw phrases around like um, Mountain Dew card is a thing you hear a lot, you know, like, oh, this person's using their money irresponsibly. And that's, you know, that's that's the narrative that sells to these people is the idea that um, if you give somebody something for free, then it like destroys this work ethic. And like, um, I don't know, there's another thing about like communities like this, where like, we underestimate how much they hate themselves and how much like they're kind of embarrassed of themselves. So like, this really preys on that shit. This is like a respectability politics angle to this where like, uh, you know, people, people do believe in the American dream and they do believe that they're not working hard enough to get out of it. So galvanizing around an idea that there is like someone gumming up the works that would be helping everyone is, is really fucking useful. The J.D. Vance thing was especially clear on that because it's just a book about how much he hates everyone else who lives in the town he lives in. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And he also yeah. he looks like Anders and he people said that he has a dyed beard. But if you know Anders, his beard, <laughs> redheads are very misunderstood. Yep. Their beard, their beards are, it's a beard is a different color than their head. Right. Yeah. Most of us are not even redheads, myself included, although it depends on. I don't know what you would call this, honestly. I've I've heard dishwater blonde, which I guess is accurate, albeit disgusting. That's gross. If you yeah. have a name for Anders Hair, write in. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, to be clear, I was not saying that he is actually blue collar or anything. I don't know what his background is, but people yeah, just people jumping to the conclusion that like this is who the left needs to appeal to. Like, yeah, but backing uh back into that um that argument, I don't I don't think that really holds any water historically, because, you know, the classic issue with like extreme right wing politics and fascism in general is that they are great at identifying problems like not having money and then real bad at the cause of those problems. Like it's the Jews or right. there's too many fudge buyers. <laughs> but that's what's happening here, though, is that he's 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 a conduit for fascism because he's saying it's the Jews or the fudge buyers. Yeah. It's the immigrants or whatever. Triple parentheses, fudge buyers. He could be a fucking, here's the thing, he could be an agent or he could just be an asset. At the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, he literally might be like a J.D. Vance type where he just cooked all this up in his garage and was like, I'm gonna go to that state and fool those idiots. Or he could be a guy who's already singing this shit and then someone came along and went, keep doing this because I have a great idea and it's gonna make both of us, you know, a lot of money. Uh, I think he's going to bring brand new to country guys and they're going to have passionate songs about crashing their tractor when their girlfriend dumps them. You're talking about brand new, the emo band. Yeah, I think I was, I'm just sensing the tone of it. The sad and upset tone. I don't, I don't agree at all. I think brand new is some entire other shit that is, uh, it's certainly not Southern. That's like, well, that's what I'm saying is the innovation, Jake. I think there's something here, man. I don't, mm. We're we'll have, have to, to wait for the sophomore album. <laughs> we'll have yeah. to come back. We're going to agree to disagree about that. Brand is a good band, but they're canceled. But they also... Yeah, so there's, a, uh, 
They're de- they're, they're middle class dudes, though. They're like college dudes. They bought too many fudge rounds. They didn't buy fudge rounds. They were buying fudge rounds, luring girls. <laughs> <laughs> I, you there don't was, understand music, Alex Patak. I'll fight you. There was a um, clip of uh, this is a couple months ago, but I saw a clip of, of Chris Christopherson with uh, Willie Nelson and uh, another guy. And they, they were country singers uh, during the Gulf War, like right after that media circus had was you know just pumping out jingoistic pro-America stuff and. H.W. Bush's approval ratings were super high, and uh, Chris Christopherson was straight up comparing it to Nazi Germany on yeah. cable TV. Dude, country music used to be fucking cool. I, I'm sorry to be from Texas about this, but like people don't understand. <laughs> it was cool, and they were badass. The old outlaw guys actually had good politics. Um, to yeah. some extent. It is funny. It is weird to me how the Venn diagram of what I conceive of as good music and Good politics uh, happens to coincide a lot of the time. I will. I'm not going to name names. Sometimes it doesn't at all, uh, including with country. But I, yeah, specifically, dude. the post 9/11 country, the politics are the politics are bad, and the sound is possibly worse. It's like the worst thing of all time. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to say asset, not agent, in that case, though, because people were already country music, pop country music was already bad in the 90s, and then. When 9-11 happened, all of the people that were making it just sort of like got dollar signs in their eyes, I think. And we're like, oh, we can make it about this. And it'll like, yeah. pa- can't pander to this market really hard. Um, to your point, Alex, people make bad music and have great politics and vice versa all the time. I was listening to Grimes last night thinking about that. She sucks. She made banger music. Um, Mansplaining is her love language. <laughs> yeah, she's like an idiot, dude. She's real dumb. She said uh, it makes her feel like a like a king talking with the royal uh, consort every morning, <laughs> getting her morning debrief. Um, interesting that she said a king and not a queen. Um, but my <laughs> final, my Jerry Springer final thought on this guy, I guess, is that uh, it's really interesting how well this grift works when you have someone getting very close to identifying the actual problem and pivoting at the last minute because there are rich men north of Richmond, I suppose. Rich men everywhere are kind of the problem. Richness is the problem, you know? And They can uh, be north of Richmond. <laughs> anti-Semitism is the uh, anti-capitalism of fools or however that saying goes. Like, it, this conspiracy theories and shit like this and culture war stuff, like, it, I think it works the best when it's very close to being class consciousness, but instead of really going all the way to telling people like the problem is the system itself, it, you know, scapegoats that come in the forms of people and like, like resentments like this are just a lot more attractive and libidinal. So like they knew exactly what the fuck they were doing. They knew what they were doing. Jake, have you ever worn like a ten gallon hat? Uh in my life? Possibly. In your life, have you worn a ten gallon hat? Possibly, but not like as a I owned it and wore it as a thing. I've never really been a hat guy. Well, maybe you should consider wearing a ten gallon hat. I'll take that into consideration. Life is long, and at some point, you know, that might be the thing for me. Um, Entering my hat era. So, what? Uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to to uh, segue into what's the topic. You know, <laughs> who, you know who could use ten gallons of water right now? The people of Hawaii. That's that's right, Jake. Oh. <laughs> Probably a lot more <laughs> okay. than ten gallons. So they can start with ten. Don't throw it at them in a hat. That's a, not a good way of... of Put uh, it in a barrel. Thank God oh. Trump is not president right now because he would hear that each individual needs at least 10 gallons and bring it in hats and toss them out like he did with the Puerto Rico paper towels. With the bounty, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Biden's pretty much doing something very similar, which is that he's giving everyone who was affected by... With the most uh, destructive and, and fatal wildfire in, I think, 100 years is what they're saying, because it's killed over 100 people. Uh, 
guess what? If your house burned down and your family died and you're still alive, Joe Biden's cutting you $700. So, oh my God, think of the FUD rounds. And you know, Hawaii's <laughs> a notoriously cheap place to live, and they are just going to spend it on FUD rounds, aren't they? That's wonderful. That's wonderful, Jake. I love so the uh, I mean, obviously, the uptick on wildfires that has happened every year for the last 50 years or whatever uh, is related to climate change, unfortunately. Um, but the counter position is very interesting to watch unfold, because if you're a climate denier and a lot of people are, um, they just psychologically do not want to allow it to be a reality and so they do not allow it to be a reality and as the stakes rise and all of hawaii catches on fire the denial also has to rise and so you get this whole wave of people watching these uh maui wildfires and just like posting pictures of it and going how come the trees aren't burnt <laughs> how come the trees aren't burnt where did this fire really start and it's, it's like oh homie like if you don't think fire <laughs> did this i don't know <laughs> where, where to like begin the conversation with you tim pool actively yeah. said on his show he thought it was chinese lasers <laughs> yeah yeah there's that crazy clip of him saying that like there's because somewhere off the coast of hawaii at some point there's this laser thing you can see in the sky that looks like an Aurora Borealis that uh, that must be them testing lasers in order. He basically accused them of doing like another Pearl Harbor <laughs> type situation. They Pearl Harbored Hawaii so that they could take Taiwan. This was our, our weak Achilles heel. <laughs> it's the beautiful Hawaiian landscape. <laughs> With what appears to be something like... Um, you see over a nightclub or something like they flew like you know drone fireworks where they put like goku up there and he's flying around that's how they killed a hundred people apparently <laughs> according it's to a very indirect attack it doesn't like really damage anything vital so as you'd notice i read an article about the fires in the washington post which is owned by jeff bezos and there was an interesting addendum at the end of it where they said now this sounds pretty bad, but we can't conclude that it was uh, climate change entirely that uh, they caused this because it seems like to be a number of contributing factors created a perfect storm. The main <laughs> thing that they're attributing is that there's grass that's like not it's, you know, someone brought in grass from external to Hawaii at some point and put it on this part of the island. And it's extra flammable is the thing. I'm and getting mad. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting mad again. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's because people brought the grass over there and not because of the winds that are being generated by hurricanes that are a product of climate change and fucking heat from climate change <laughs> no it's chinese lasers and uh, the chinese are not only attacking hawaii they're also attacking the north of canada again all <laughs> summer <laughs> uh right. really devastatingly in a way that seems like it may be like a issue in major metropolitan areas soon now it seems to me here that the chinese are attacking the north pole <laughs> look they're attacking santa claus and who doesn't love santa claus he's an american hero <laughs> I, I do love santa claus I mean, this is another, you know, this is like the Tucker and some of these other guys are like, uh, hey, we need to cool it on the Ukrainian front. Let's chill out on the Ukraine war. Let's have some peace. And America needs to not be involved in funding this war and funneling weapons so we can take that money and those guns and point them at China is basically, I guess, what Tim Pool's stance is now, too. Or maybe invade Mexico. That's oh, like yeah. a new thing on the right, too, is like, we got to, it's time we could go to war with Mexico. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've too had it too good for too long. That motherfucker's <laughs> wearing a 10-gallon beanie. You know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> <laughs> got a big head. <laughs> good Lord, that would be a big beanie. <laughs> Do not fill up Tim Pool's beanie full of water and try to drop it on the wildfires. In fact... I don't know if you've heard, but we shouldn't be going over there at all to begin with. I learned this because Jason Momoa had to stand up on Instagram and tell people do not come to Hawaii right now on vacation or at all because 
they need the flights and the hotels for displaced people. And apparently it's a huge problem that uh, people are just going over there to like play in the island pool and, you know, have a good time. (laughs) But there's also fucking people from within the government in Hawaii saying that, uh, no, you should come over here because if people stop coming over here, our tourism, like tourism is the only industry that fucking brings in money. So that's a huge We're doing a luau. Where are you? Problem (laughs) also. All of this could be boiled down to capitalism pretty simplistically. I don't think we really need to break that down. It's stupid that there's an island that uh, a bunch of shit burned up that people were like, oh, no, this, the, 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 the the missionary church that someone set here on top of a someone who used to be a king. That burned down, and it burned down the old royal stuff, too. Please come visit. Support tourism in Hawaii. Unfortunately, we are out of our uh, iconic grass skirts at the time, as they are more flammable than the skirts that were originally on the island. Because you have to use the original Hawaiian grass to make those. But guess what's cheaper? Really? Guess what's cheaper? Follow the money. Yeah. Yeah, it's upsetting, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's sad. Someone's coconut bra. I feel like you... Oh, I'm sorry. I cut off the, the a joke to just be like, the fire's upset me. <laughs> I, that was all I had. Please go ahead. Uh, well, like, I think like maybe three times a year for the last several years, we'll be like, okay, I guess we got to do a segment. All of Australia's on fire. Not much to say about it. <laughs> Uh-oh. This is the news. <laughs> it's kind of an if-you-know-you-know you know situation. I don't know anyone who hasn't made up their mind about whether climate change is real at this point oh yeah you're either for or against that's a that's the thing is like i kind of i understand the uh lunatics who are just all whole hog against at this point because it's just like it's really hard to live your life being like i'm going to work right now i think we can make it till 2047 if things keep going (laughs) that shit didn't happen dude flat earth the earth is flat it can't be on fire Chinese lasers. It's a simulation. Um, we should talk about this. Uh, speaking of simulations, before we get out of here, we should talk about the simulation that they tried to convince us is real, which is that Joe Biden won the Georgia, the state of Georgia, the last election. The, sta- the state of Georgia. Really? Of- I'll tell you about. I'll tell you about a simulation that <laughs> Joe Biden won the state of Georgia. <laughs> You heard me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it. Ten gallon hat, Jake has logged on. <laughs> oh yeah, no, dude. It's um, they. It's if the Earth is round, explain how all of these dead people voted for Joe Biden. Wouldn't they be deep inside the Earth's core? Wouldn't they be inside the Earth's core? Yeah, I've always been very skeptical about this election, but now hearing it in the full light of uh, another federal indictment against Donald Trump, um, I don't know what to believe. Um, Mm. I'll tell you something interesting I learned about the Trump indictments. So this is like the fourth time he's been indicted in the last six months or something. I've completely lost the thread with whether he's going to be, whether this means anything. He's still a frontrunner. I didn't know what an indictment is. I like looked it up today. You know what it is? Because <laughs> it's like funny. it just keeps coming up. <laughs> Why do they spell it that way? That's what I want to know. Indictment. English is a stupid barbarian language. You should get indictment rejuvenation surgery. That's what I think. <laughs> That's what tr- that'd be a good move if Trump started pronouncing it indictment. I say indictment. Indictment. <laughs> so he goes the other way with it. They kind of went through a, with a fine tooth. Uh, fine tooth comb through all of the claims that he's making about Georgia in the uh, in the 2020 election because it was this kind of deciding state. So he just sort of brewed up 20 or so different accusations about various groups that were uh, defrauded and stuff like that in various ways that the numbers were tilted. Clearly, it's all bullshit. It's funny. He, he he just comes up with a number like, you know, there's uh, 2,165 dead people voted. They looked into it. No dead people voted. That didn't happen. <laughs> uh, there was like one case of there being confusion because someone was named like they had the same name as their parent and then they voted. But like they're alive. Um, a number of different things, you know, like that went down. Uh, it basically, there was a conversation between him and someone in the State Department that was really sus that got recorded where he said, just say 
this happened. Just say like one or two things were like off kilter. I'll take care of the rest. And then he starts throwing out all these accusations. And um, yeah, like all of his crimes, it's recorded on tape very explicitly. (laughs) I really appreciate that about him. It's really funny, but the the main thing that jumped out to me that's like that because the rest of, we don't have to report on Trump. You guys watch the news if you want the details of the various things he lied about. It's pretty, it's all out there. But like the one thing that occurred that jumped out at me that was very funny about the story is that he has someone working for him who is um, Kanye West's ex PR agent, and mm. oh, that guy should be fired immediately. <laughs> Trump and Kanye's ex-PR guy came up with a plan which was to accuse like one singular woman who worked at the polling shit in Georgia this woman named Ruby Freeman of like insane levels of voter fraud like they tried to pin it on I don't know why that was the that was the tactic but he said this is his political watch the throne (laughs) (laughs) he sent this guy Trump uh, Kanye's PR guy to this woman Ruby Freeman's house and he said all this wild shit to her like um you know he's made these vague like threats like he was in a fucking movie I'll look up a, a, a quote in a second I gotta dig it up but um you know essentially they accused her of like running around on election night with USB drives with like her one other person and like plugging the USB drives and shit in and loading votes that like didn't happen. But it's all been disproven. My favorite part about all the indictment stuff is that they're so wide ranging and that the first one he got is like, you spent campaign funds on hush money for women of the night. And then the third one is like, you were going to uh, lie about the election and then tell the army to kill everyone who resisted. (laughs) (laughs) And there's, those are both going to trial. Those are both equally damning for him. Okay. Fuck. I found the quote. It's really funny. So this guy named uh, Trevion Cuddy, former publicist for fucking for Kanye West. He goes to her house and he says he's there on behalf of, quote, a high profile individual. Uh, and he says, Trevion Cuddy is the full name of Kid Cuddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> he says, quote, you are a loose end for a party that needs to tidy up. That is what that's so ominous. <laughs> <laughs> he's just in her house with gloves on, turning out the lights. Yeah, but she like refused to do this crazy like to be part of their like weird scam to accuse the uh the state of you know like juking the numbers or whatever so she became public enemy number one well i imagine like the rest of his plan it would not have held up under scrutiny so i totally get why she didn't want to do that (laughs) (laughs) he's got so much hustle man i respect i respect it so much oh my god oh no I'm canceled. I misgendered Trevion Cuddy. It's a woman. Oh. That's right. Uh, Kid Cuddy is a woman. Miss Cuddy claimed to be working for some of the biggest names in the industry, and the two eventually met at a police station where Miss Cuddy shared an ominous warning, warning, claiming to Miss Freeman that an event an event in the future would, quote, disrupt your freedom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I went for the wrong uh, pop culture reference here. This is off. It's a lady, Cuddy. This is Cuddy from House. This is House's love interest, Cuddy. That's right. The founder of Cuddy Sark. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much all I got on the Trump thing. Do you have anything funny? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I've been asking myself that for years. Um, I got all the indictments. Where does it go? I mean, is is you think he's gonna? I mean, it seems like these prosecutors, um, you know, they're Democratic Party players, right? Alvin Bragg and the Georgia prosecutor. Uh, so they want to be the person who puts Trump in jail. So it seems like they have a lot of incentive to speed this process up, which is typically what people in these positions don't do is this stuff always takes a long time. But uh, what do you think? There's is there a so chance much that they... to cover. <laughs> hmm. Is there a chance that he goes 
I mean, this is the question everybody's asking, but uh, I, I mean, it I seems like it's pretty it. cut, cut and dry that he broke the law in several ways. But as I've said before, it kind of feels like Three Stooges syndrome from The Simpsons, where all the germs are stuck in the door and not and one can't get through. That's kind of like all his court cases. Like he's a, he needs them all to keep running. Uh, and it's just keeping propelling him forward. And there's no stopping this man. Sure, these are crimes, but, you know, one uh, he already has all the other crimes. Why are we going to hold these against him? Um, I feel like there is a chance that, he, you know, he does have some kind of punishment from this, which is almost the most dangerous outcome. I think jailed Donald Trump is the third level Sephiroth boss of Donald Trump. Like he is he has one wing. He is the most powerful Donald Trump he can be to run back against Joe Biden. I don't think normal Trump has the juice to pull it off. I think jailhouse Trump is actually a force to be reckoned with. I'm going to put yeah. one wing of Angel Trump into uh, an AI thing today and see what comes out because that sounds badass. I think that's sick and that's what's up. Hmm. Well, I mean, sure, he's doing pretty well, but I don't know if you guys have heard about this breakout candidate, Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, Ooh. It's, he's a pretty big deal. I saw a video of him rapping um, Eminem's, like, uh, mom spaghetti thing at an event this week, and it was yep. it was uncomfortable and cringy. <laughs> he's only In got Iowa. one shot. That means if he runs for president now and doesn't make it, he can never run again. I mean, if he goes down, uh, well, who, I don't know if DeSantis is going to be the front runner. I feel like it might be somebody else. It might be Christie. You know, I don't Ross think Tommy it's is the he's the Yang of the election, right? He's like the Republican Yang. Yeah, sure. he's young, young, dumb, and full of bold ideas. He's full of bold. That's what I meant. Is he's full of bold ideas? Okay. Um, it, yeah, I guess the the interesting narrative of the upcoming uh, re Republican primary is like, who is the number two? Because there's always a chance Donald Trump randomly dies. <laughs> we can't forget that could happen at any moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. His heart could just explode on, upon its 10,000th Big Mac as a reward. Um, DeSantis, right? But I don't really think it is, because I think he's really scary and off-putting to people. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just saying. I I don't think it's going to be DeSantis. I think uh, maybe he'll stay in there. He'll stay competitive, but maybe uh I think Chris... the Republican Party wants it to be Ron DeSantis and is like, I think we can put our horses behind this guy and like maybe make something happen and they're just finding out no it's not true he's like watching an ai move around in the real world that's unsettling he laughs at the wrong times no one likes him yeah no he's completely uncharismatic and is running on unpopular issues he simply managed to create a fiefdom basically and completely realign florida politics you know it was a swing stage just a few years ago now it's hard hard republican uh but that doesn't translate to national office necessarily. I don't think so at all. I don't think that could even win him a primary because you have to, yeah, you have to do a lot of glad handing. And his style is, for whatever reason, I guess in theory, not all that different from Trump, but because they're both so weird. But the swag factor is That's a huge the thing. swag factor, folks. And who has who has swag when with Trump's out of it? I don't know. I think it might be. Chris Christie, he throws his weight around. He's, he's got a lot of weight to throw around. I'll tell you and that he much. has a yeah. lot of weight to throw around. Because, you know, if I've said before, but like if if before Trump, the Republicans were like, all right, we got to shape up and try and appeal to, you know, mainstream America. We can't keep running these, you know, stringently conservative campaigns. And then Trump, if you look at his some of the stuff he was talking about in 2016, he was saying a whole lot of horrific racist stuff. But mixed in there was some stuff for like moderates about, you know, cuts to Medicare, Social Security, gay rights. Uh, like he was a moderate candidate. Um, and I think Christie fills those shoes, probably. He probably has to get those shoes widened. 
<laughs> Ten gallon shoes. Ten gallon shoes. That's what Chris Christie wears. <laughs> I don't think people like him either, though. I'm very interested to see this debate next week. Well, yep. I there's a great place you can go and see it, my friend. Huh. Yeah, sure. It's the silo in Bushwick with oh, great. us, you and me and Danders. We're watching it together and we're roasting it and doing riff tracks on it. This I know a lot great. of people were going to... You're looking for a place to store some grain on a Wednesday night and also take in a Republican primary debate. Yeah, do you need to land a small aircraft? We have the (laughs) venue for you to watch this debate in. It is a former aircraft hangar. Uh, It's going to be so lit, all of the Republicans will be there. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get wildly drunk. Andrew's going to have those big jugs of Kratom he always brings to these things that make you go like, no way can you have all that Kratom. Oh, he's got one right now. It's not even a debate or anything right now. 10-gallon Kratom. Maybe I'll wear my 10-gallon hat, my famous 10-gallon hat. Do we mm. all wear 10-gallon hats? Is it we too should, late for that? I feel we, like we should have had this idea last week. We could do it. We can get them. Okay, well, we're going to put in for 10-gallon hats, but uh, check back on the hats. Uh, that's that's uh, no cover for that. Come check it out. Silo and Bushwick. Uh, August 23rd, 9 p.m. Hell yeah. No cover. Just come by, leave whenever you get bored of it, because it'll be a lot. We'll envy you when you leave at the, you know, when the fun is over and aren't like hosting the event <laughs> some more. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a point of these debate shows where I'm like, okay, I'm done having fun now. I want these to people die. sicken me. <laughs> uh, oh well. Any other plugs today? I got some plugs. Um, September second at TVI in Ridgewood the coolest fucking venue around me and Jamie Peck are hosting a show called the woke mob. It is a fucking front to back weird variety leftist goth thing that we wrote based around our collective brand of goth socialism. Um, should be a lot of fun. Ticket links will be in the bio. And then a uh, week after that, September 10th, the eve of nine 11, you might notice. Ah. Uh, Pod Damn America is on the lineup opening for Minion Death Cult at, uh, what is that, Littlefield. It'll be us, Antifada, and Minion Death Cult. We're doing a live podcast jam, you know, where we all do pods at each other. Check it out. Everyone's bringing their instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Andrew's going to drop acid. <laughs> and uh, on uh, the day before Jake's show at TVI... Come on back to Silo, September 1st. We're doing another paid protest for Citywide Tenant Organizing. It's going to be some great comics on the show, including Judah Friedlander. So you don't want to miss this one. That's right, folks. Another one of our hit shows. Anything else? Alex, you got anything? I'm good for now. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I love you. Thank you you for having me. (laughs) And I love you. Ten gallons. Ten gallons. It's finished.